EXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com. And we're back. Stripe Show podcast on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. We're hustling up here in in Florida, getting ready for a hurricane coming our way. Cat 3, probably going to hit Tampa on uh, Wednesday and then kind of work its way up towards us. Probably be a tropical storm or a hurricane one by then. But uh, we got a show today, potentially tomorrow. And then we'll kind of see where we're at into uh, Thursday. But uh, the PGA Tour is rolling on, and they're over in Jackson, Mississippi, which uh, I think uh, will be fine. This hurricane's going to miss them as it kind of veers up the state of Florida. And uh, it's going to be Sanderson Farms. We'll get to that here in a minute, but want to bring back one of our favorite guests, Jeff Feinberg, up in Canada. Big old smile on his face as his Toronto Blue Jays uh, are going to be making the playoffs. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well, Travis. I don't know. You know me, though. It's the Blue Jays are sort of saving my soul because like a lot of football fans, my team is already broken, which means mm-hmm. I got to dive right into Sanderson Farms, but can't continue without acknowledging how beautiful your studio looks there, buddy. I see the updates on Twitter regularly and every time i tune into the stripe show i see a nice other little upgrade that sort of found its (laughs) way in there so congrats to you man it's looking awesome thank you yeah no it's um it's pretty well complete now and um thanks to my sponsors right i mean about golf simulator who's a presenting sponsor of this this podcast loving that thing um doing a lot of fun stuff there pxg of course glenn fittage as you see here and uh, Haymaker Coffee. So it's it's not possible, you know, without them and uh, the audience, the growth of the podcast. So it's been fun putting this together. I can tell you I'm done spending money. Um, and now it's about, uh, you know, growing the podcast, running the day-to-day business of this studio. But it's fun, Jeff, because, you know, like I'm a teacher by trade and I've been doing it for 22 years, but I like doing all other things golf. I like talking to you guys about the gambling side, handicap perspective. I like talking to tour players. I like hosting events. Um, you know, so it's like, I I like to do a lot of different things. So this studio kind of makes me use my brain more, if that makes sense. There it is. Yeah. (laughs) President's cup, buddy. Um, the Americans, I think about what I expected, you know, win by five, I was thinking five, six, somewhere in there. I was impressed with the international team. I've known Trevor Immelman for a while and uh, a lot of people were sending me notes like, man, Trevor's so impressive. You know, what a leader. And it's like, you know, man, I, I, I had, I had no doubt Trevor Immelman was going to go in there and be a terrific captain. I wish they would give it to him again, but I know, I think Mike Weir is going to be the captain when it goes to Montreal in a couple of years. And you guys are going to host a great president's cup up there and it's going to be fantastic. But, you know, look, the president's cup, Kind of takes the back seat to the Ryder Cup. We know that. We knew it was going to be a little lopsided. It was early. But at the end of the day, I found myself, Jeff, watching it. I sent some tweets out. I was like, man, this is a bit cleansing. It's so much about golf, competition, the spirit, team, country, 
money was never mentioned. It was cleansing to me. How'd it land for you? Yeah, it was just such an incredible event and it, it exceeded my expectations. And you have all the respect in the world for Trevor Immelman for what he, you know, the time and energy and the soul that him and it seems like his whole family put into this um, in, in such a tough spot. Like Liv really did take this thing down. This was always the stepchild of team golf to Ryder Cup. It can never compete. It doesn't have the history. We can, we're self-aware enough to acknowledge this was a made for TV event somewhere in, in the nineties. Um, and it felt like we were at an absolute low point last week with no ability to build off that great momentum from 19 in Australia. Yep. And I, like a lot of other people fear mongered, what the conversation was going to be like today, Travis, were sponsors going to be happy? Was Montreal going to feel like, oh, no, we've got to put on this show? But I got to tell you, we sit here on the Monday after, and I think the sponsors are excited. Mm-hmm. I know Montreal's going to put on a party. It's great to see. Like I don't know what the example is, but it's fun sometimes when you see a uh, Georgia or Alabama play that Boise state and watch them fight. And it's a, it's a different element and full credit to the international team and credit to the Americans. I don't want to say like credit to them. Like they partied hard. That shows they cared, but they cared. And the people Charlotte cared and they, the, the crowds were great and they put on a great event and the players, the players care. It is in some way for them, a president uh, like this, sort of breeding ground or leading event for them into the Ryder cup. They put their best foot forward. It was, it was fantastic. I, I said a lot. I am so excited for my yeah. Travis. You should be. I'm going to be there. I know Pat Mayo's going to be there. We might not even make it to the golf course. Cause if you've ever been to Montreal, it is a banger <laughs> of a, of a party town and we're going to throw it down. But I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And you're right. Weir's probably going to get that C and he beat Tiger Woods in singles at Royal Montreal, which yeah. is a point of pride. Didn't have many points of prides for the Canadians on the golf course last week. But uh, so, yeah, I it's it just a totally different feel than than a week ago today about how I'd be feeling about the future of this event. So a total win. Hey, it matters to the leaders of the team. And it's going to matter to the other players, right? And on the American side, Tiger, Phil, I don't think it really mattered to them. They may say it did, but I don't think it did. And it kind of trickled down, right? And, and the Americans struggled in the Ryder Cup. They, they were able to obviously win the President's Cup, but I don't think it really mattered to them. And we see this new, this new group now coming in at the Ryder Cup last year. It matters to them. And I think it mattered to them this week with the President's Cup. Um, and I think on the international side, look, Liv has heard him. There's no question. Um, but those guys played hard. Tom Kim, rising star. I think Munoz will take the next step, beating the number one player in the world and Scheffler on Sunday. Very much like Scheffler beat the number one player with Rom at the Ryder Cup, took the next step. So I think there was a lot of wins there. I think the international team is poised to perhaps maybe even put a better team together than the European team in the next four years. I, I'd, I'd go that far to make. Or was closer. I mean, someone pointed that out, that the Ryder Cup was far more lopsided than the, it was. the President's Cup. Um, and and we, we will see, like a lot of golf fans, we've always kind of been expecting for, and I guess 
we were almost there with what the team could have been. It could have been. There's no question. Cam Smith. I mean, that's look, I, I would, I would say that's a two point swing right there. Cam hey, Smith. He had the ability to pull a John Rom and go yeah. like four Oh and one right. and completely change the face of this. And, and Neiman uh, Neiman and Louie and answer and Louis, those are four yeah. of their top seven players, including probably three of their best current you would have made the case that Neiman would have been the second best player on the team. Like for, I said that, yeah. You could have I debated that him or him going into last week. You probably would have said in terms of current form status, forgetting green jackets and leadership with Decky and Scott, Neiman probably slots in as the second best mm-hmm. player. So And you knew Louis Louis would compete and, and he would he would grind. Um yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's too bad. Right. Cause it could have been closer. There's no question about it. Um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I can't help but think also that those guys are sitting there and I know they got paid fat and they're going to, you know, they're, they're happy with where they're, but I guarantee deep down, there was a little competitive spirit burning. I should be there. You know, I don't, I, there's no question. There's no, question. couldn't convince me otherwise. Yeah, I should be there. It, like, it, honestly, I would assume a guy like Abe Answer, who he's one of the few guys who's gone to live and say he's actually going to mess the competition. Like, he acknowledged that in some of his opening remarks, but, you know, they got paid a price. I have zero doubts, Travis, that he might have even chose not to watch it because it would have, like, not hurtful is the wrong word, but would have felt some serious FOMO that they probably tried tried to not even turn it on. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, as we as we move forward now, um, PGA Tour season is it's underway. We are in our second event, season long race to the FedEx Cup Sanderson Farm Championship. Um, This is going to be the last look of the fall season as we know it. And um, there's going to be some changes, I think, starting next year. But here we are, Sanderson Farms Championship Country Club of Jackson. I feel like it's been a while since I've done this show. I've been traveling and a couple other guys picking it up for me. So um, it's good to kind of get the the breakdown here and some and some bets of who we like into this week's event. It's not a great field. We know that Sam Burns is their number 12 ranked player. He's the defending champion. Uh, Country Club of Jackson. I've never played this one. Um, 72 to 7,400 yards, somewhere in there. Bermuda, of course, here in the South. Par 72. I do know one thing, and those that have played it, my good friend Fred Funk has played this many times. In fact, he's won this tournament a couple times back in the early days. It was called the, um, it was called something else. I'll think of it. Um, but anyway, these greens are quick. These are fast. Bermuda greens. Kind of like they get them at Quell Hollow. And uh, you look at Burns last year, Jeff, and and the kind of player that's going to win this event. Uh, Burns, you know, historically is a good putter, but he didn't putt good here Uh, last year. He was minus two strokes gained putting, but he just smoked it tee to green, plus 14.8. Sergio back in 2020, he was plus 12 tee to green, no surprise, plus 2.8 putting. And then Sebastian Munoz, who I think will get a lot of play this week. Uh, He won in 19. He was plus 6.9 tee to green, plus 6.2. Cameron Champ has won this. Cody Gribble has won this, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this is a, the who's who. I don't know. I look at this golf course. I look at the past. 
I, I need T to green. I need T to green. And I, I think I'll roll the dice a little bit on the putter um, this week. Anytime I see a name like Sergio winning here, um, it kind of opens up the gamut for me. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, you see even like Sergio camp champ, uh, Munoz, like Munoz and champ just seem like guys, they either get like really hot. They can get hot. They're not really known for great putters, but it shows right. an ability, I guess, for not great putters, but guys that can hit it a ton to have great weeks here. Uh, my memories of this place, just a real open golf course where the drivers can just bomb it out. Yep. And, you know, the the Bermuda Greens, you need guys that make the birdies. You've got to trust a guy can go low. Uh, you know, you have to see a guy clearing 20 under to mm-hmm. be uh, thinking he can lift the trophy or even contend this week. So that is sort of where my head um, is at. And, you know, you mentioned Burns at the top. He's a defending champ. He's the type of guy, I'm certainly not looking to invest anything in him, Travis, but he's the type of guy, despite having not an ideal President's Cup record last week, even though he played way better than his record. I think if you watch, Scotty Scheffler kind of held him back a bit in the early days. Um, He's just a natural born winner. I think he just shows up anywhere, be it if he showed up at your Pro-Am at your Muni or a PGA Tour event. He just wants to like... I don't know. He could go to anywhere and win. Yep. So I am kind of scared of him at the top, probably motivated or angry at himself. Um, like he strikes me as a guy that's not even able to enjoy the team USA win as much because he feels like he didn't contribute like he should have. So I feel mm-hmm. like he's wearing that and that could be a big problem for the whole field. But I, I in, a, in an event like this, I cannot um, pull a trigger there. <laughs> well, he's what is he, at? he right now? As we come on a Tuesday, he's eleven to one. Um, and you know, I love Burns. I'm a homer and have been for a couple years. And I, I certainly not going to pull the trigger on this. He he did play better than his record. I thought Mito Pereira played better than his record. You're always going to have that in match play. You can't always just look at the the record and say, "Oh wow, he smoked it." I mean especially in team competition, because Burns was carrying Scheffler. There's no question about it. So, um, you know, look, Bermuda Burns, he's a Southern kid. He's from Louisiana. He went to LSU. I mean, he knows how to play this kind of grass. Um, and he'll, he'll be tough. There's no question. JT Poston, as we start to get into the odds, is is 16. Um, North Carolina kid. McCarthy has played well here. He's 18. Um, Sahith Thagala will get some play at 20 Henley 22. If you were looking for the T to green game, but Zedden hut coming off his uh, president's cup experience at 28. And then I'll stop at Montgomery and Stallings at 30. Those are a couple interesting, the names for me, uh, Montgomery, you mentioned the distance off the T the kid can smoke it. Um, the only thing that kind of holds me back a little bit from Taylor is he never did win on the web.com and he was barking top tens. It seems like, every week, but he never got the win. So I'll probably pass, but I do think Taylor Montgomery is a, is a player in a top 20 that, that is probably of interest to me as we start looking at the top of the board. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the books are not giving us anything on Montgomery. They know how dangerous he can be. Yep. Uh, despite not winning, as you mentioned last year on, on corn Ferry, it felt like he was contending every single week and that trajectory, most of us paying attention are certain it's not going to stop, uh, despite the competition being higher. 
I am one of the people, and it feels like it could be popular, Travis. Um, I'm biting the bullet on the 20 to 1 on Sahith. Okay. It does feel like I'm trying to be cocky and like call the win, which I don't really like doing. But he led the tour in birdies last year. He's an yeah. absolute birdie machine. Got himself into some trouble on some easier holes at the Fortnite, which kind of put him out of a chance to um make a push although it you know willet and and homa did really pull away from everybody there uh i just see his game being able to take total advantage of this place and i do realize i am trying to be cocky and in some ways if you're betting montgomery at that number you're trying to be cocky too yes sir trying to call that that <laughs> first um just top 20 i'm not saying his first win top 20 yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, for yeah. that outright price, for a guy yeah. who didn't even win on the, um, I don't, I, I love Corn Fairy. I can make a debate. It's the second, well, now that lives here, but you know, you can make a debate. Winning on Corn Fairy is harder than winning on the DP sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. just in terms of field strength, I'm not looking to have an argument or a debate, but uh, it's the real deal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, I, so I, he I, for I, me, wouldn't get an argument for me. That, I agree. Yeah. So the Sahith for me would be the my favorite of the guys near the top of the board. It is that all around just birdie explosion ability that that would have me. Yeah, I'm pulling up the birdies right now, just as a little sample size. Top fifth or last fifty rounds in um, FantasyNational.com. Burns is one, Griot's two, Svensson three, Davis Riley, who I, I kind of like this week for Henley five. Griffin, Ben Griffin coming up. Um, I like Thomas Dietrich. These are some of the names that are just kind of, you know, popping up here off the birdies. And you go down to number 10, and it's uh, Scott Stallings, who I do like this week as well. When you want to talk about someone who can absolutely hit lasers uh, with his irons. Um, and, and Stallings is playing some good golf. I mean, he's really has had a, a nice season. Um I'm with you on Thagala. If I played anybody up top there, I think it would be Sahith as well. Uh, and, um, but I'll probably bite the bullet with a Stallings who knows how to win Bradley at 35, you know, could this be the week Davis Riley yeah. gets it done? You know, we've seen him up there. One of my favorite golf swings on the PGA tour. He's 35 to one Griot's 40 to one. And I think Molinex will get some play too. You agree with that at 40? And I'll yeah, go to Petrie at 40 as well. Mullenix I'm seeing is very popular. Yeah. He's definitely getting play. And apparently, you know, I missed the boat. There were some huge numbers on Mullenix uh, out of the gate on Monday that some people were able to take full advantage of his ability to just mash it um, should play. He's popular. Uh, you've mentioned a couple guys there who I am going to invest in one being Davis Riley. To a certain extent, maybe I am being cocky and trying to call that one for a guy who hasn't won but there are forties out there on Riley. And I think that is such a fair number in this field, mm-hmm. Travis, for a guy that had truly a brilliant season without winning, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, ranked top 20 in birdie average, which should see him do well here. Uh, second at the Valspar, fourth at Charles Schwab. He's just a great all around game. It's a home game for him. He's called it his fifth major. He's mm-hmm. a Mississippi guy. He hasn't fared well in his first two runs here, but I'm sort of hoping that experience and playing in front of friends and family, like you're kind of hoping that maybe in those first two runs, he's maybe more comfortable in that spot. 
it'll be really concerning for me if he doesn't play well this week. Um, Cause I feel like he's going to be a guy I'm going to chase at Sanderson until he's too good that he doesn't even want to play the event anymore. So I am in on Riley and I have also bet Thomas Detry. So did I. Yep. Uh, who I'm not really seeing show up in many people's conversations this I week. I like Detry a lot here. But has um, five top 15s in his last eight events. And this is spanning DP, Corn Ferry, PGA Tour. Yep. He got his card. He's a late bloomer. Almost, um, you know, and I've had so many Dietrich close calls on DP and I guess Corn Ferry. And he, he has struggled to break through for me. Uh, but but I think the form, his ability, the just ball striking, the bombing ability, I think he'll be totally comfortable on this sort of track. So I'm definitely looking at, at Dietrich. Glenn Fittich, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey, is expertly crafted and made with extraordinary care. Each single malt is a work of perfection. Yeah, yeah big, I think, yeah. The big Belgium. Um He's 117th official World Golf ranking. And people forget. I mean, he's from Belgium. He's 29. He went to Illinois. Um, I, I like him here. I, I think he he's got some. I, I think that length off the tee here could bode well for him. Um, I have played. Did you? We were, we are were thinking the same way there as well. And you know, look, I think Molinex is popular. Alabama kid in the South. Uh, you know, Riley. I like the ceiling of Riley. I've seen it. I've seen that impressive ball striking. He's definitely cooled off some. Um, and he's not quite the same version of himself that we saw in May and in June when he was rattling off top tens. But like you said, this, this tournament means something to him. So I think he's a, he's, he's the one that I've got circled with the biggest asterisk around him. I probably will end up going to him. Um, but at this point, um, you know, the bet of Thomas Dietrich at 40 to one is one uh, that, uh, that I have made Seamus power 40. Again, not the same version of what we've seen from him earlier in the year. Um, Putnam 45, Wyndham Clark. There's that high ceiling that I tend to get suckered into once in a while. 45 Taylor Moore, Christian Kirk. Harris English back in the field. I think I think I'll stop there for a second. Uh, Harris works with Justin Parsons up in Sea Island. Justin's a good friend of mine. Um, and I'm seeing a I always I kind of follow these teachers, right? And 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 I I I look at who they're posting and I communicate with them and 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 sometimes I start to see this extra like effort of posting a certain player, <laughs> right? And I'm seeing a lot of Harris English being published. So in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, Justin's got to be pretty excited here. Harris, he's got to be feeling pretty good again. Um, we know what Harris can do. We've seen it. He went into a slump, injuries, this and that. Uh, but uh, is Harris feeling good again and could catch people by the storm at 50 to one? We know he knows how to win. We know he knows how to play in the South, Georgia kid. I'm really interested on the health and whether in the motivation of Harris English as we kind of turn into a new season. Uh, yeah, he's certainly a very intriguing play this week. I've seen a lot of people I respect certainly pick him. And 
you have to assume a guy who played on last year's Ryder Cup team in the season he had, if he watched any golf this past week, that had to just like light a fire oh, yeah. in in that sort of guy who I don't want to say. I mean, his 2022 was feels like it was strictly injury riddled, and I don't know that you could take much from it, but he shot um, nine under across the final 54 holes at the Fortnite which was a T3, but it was for a T9 finish. So right there, Travis, I'm seeing people on Harris this week, and they're just sort of saying, listen, this is a number that's 50 to one. I've seen enough life. The guy Mm -hmm. finished ninth at Fortnite. I'm playing the ceiling of Harris English and thinking he's healthy. You saying that his coaches are excited and, you know, sort of getting ahead of what they feel is good play. I think so. Yep. On the horizon as a, um, you know, in in the teaching world, that's sort of a sign where coaches are excited about what's going to happen. Um, yeah, like I would say, if you just told me, I saw Harris English finish T10 in his last event. This is a bad field. There's enough for me to just want to play a guy like Harris English. I couldn't argue that one bit. One more thing, even before we continue i do want your thoughts on keegan and even grio who showed up on that uh (laughs) list like is there what like who would you trust more but travis are we finally like before we go over 50 and into deeper i think it got brought to my attention something we speak about often sort of as the season concluded last year we didn't have a winner north of 60 to 1 since billy horschel at the memorial Like, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like you'd argue this field sets up for us to go um, right back into a long shot. And you would have thought Fortinet, too. And we had Willett, who was like 100 versus the favorite in Max Homa, essentially. In the end, it went to Homa. So I don't know. I just like betting on the good players, to be perfectly honest. And Harris English would certainly classify as someone who in this field we would quantify as a good player yep no i I, i'm with you i i I, that was that was the first person that i circled and i just there's a few things working for me there with harris at 50 it feels like a no-brainer um in the direction that he i think he's on the up again in this kind of field harris english hitting on all cylinders is one of the best players as far as your question grio or Bradley, I would probably go Grio. I think Grio's playing better. Um, he certainly, he's certainly the more reliable guy as far as with the putter. Um, Grio's been on a little bit of a heater too, as yeah. far as the summer and the end with the putter. As I'm looking at his stats right now, we know Grio uh, can get it done off the tee, and. Look, the putter, he seems to be playing with a lot of confidence. He'd like to see a little more in the approach game right now. But I think between the two, I have more confidence in Griot right now. Yeah, I would take the bigger price with Griot. Uh, But I'm seeing Keegan very popular. Griot, not so much. But again, you mentioned Munoz, Champ, Garcia. It's been a place where guys who we historically like at times can mock their putting have been able to, to find it match up for them. Uh, here so right, I'm looking at, but I don't know. Hitting double, hitting sin mid on Grio, it's hard to do. I bet other guys who don't win golf tournaments, Travis. <laughs> I'm not playing Grio, 
Yeah. I just, to, I, and I'm not playing. No, I, yeah, I put the question out. I, yeah. I put that in front of you. Yeah, I think, okay, so let's go into the 60s. Maybe, maybe this is the sure. week. There um, is a guy, though, that I think we didn't mention who I do like, I do want to Putnam? touch on. Uh, no, well, Putnam, okay. I do want to touch on because okay. if you're I betting, thought, I thought you were going there. If you're betting Putnam, shop the market because I've seen it as high as 80 and as low as 45. It's one of the bigger discrepancies, maybe the biggest discrepancy of a player I've seen this week. Putnam does love a birdie fest, mm-hmm. and I do probably anticipate whether it be DraftKings or some other markets. Uh, getting in on Putnam. The guy I want to ask you about, I'm seeing a 50 to one and it's Sepp Straka. Yeah. Five straight missed cuts here, Travis. But why is he coming if he doesn't like the place? <laughs> on top of that, He's so there, he must like it. There must be something about this course he thinks could work. But how did Sepp finish the season? He was on fire. Yeah. He came out of absolutely nowhere and went bananas. So um, he's the second highest world-ranked player in the field. And I know we can mock world ranking. It deserves to be mocked. But it is still a metric, and you probably wouldn't believe to know that Seb Straka has the second highest world ranking um, in this field. But in his last three outings, a second at the St. Jude, a 28th at the BMW, and for 72-hole stroke play, He was sixth at the tour championship. (laughs) We're on a Bermuda course where he was third at Harbor town one at PGA national. This could come with a miscut and that's part of betting out. Right. Miscuts are the same as fifth place to me. I'm not betting each way either or placing on this. So I feel like I'm real tempted to play the Sepp Straka. You almost worry that it's been a couple of weeks since the tour championship. I hope he didn't lose the form, but it's a course. Uh, the Bermuda grass where he's yep. had his most success with those recent results. That's one that keeps coming back to me. And I'm really surprised I haven't seen his name show up in, in a lot of other pieces that I've sort of taken in early in the week so far. Yeah. It's almost like in August there, you know, he had the run of miscuts, right? Um, of course he won the Honda and played nice really through April and then he just kind of, it, it seemed like he lost the swing for sure. It wasn't so much the putter with him. He's a, he's a, he's a very nice putter. Sep is. I actually spent a little time with him up at Hilton head and, and walked with him and his coach Tillery for three holes. And just, he's a, he's a great dude, uh, Georgia kid, um, Georgia guy. He's a, he's a great guy. He really is. And kind of plays this big guy, big guy, wide plays this brick shit house sort of. Yeah. Like plays yeah. this like little float draw into there. And I think he kind of lost his swing in the summer. Um, and then at the St. Jude in August, he got it back and he's, he's been riding that a little bit confidence wise. So yeah, I think, I think he probably feels good about the swing. And I think when Sep feels good about the swing, I think everything goes from there. So I think he's kind of out of that slump, which we see from time to time with players. Question is to your point is, did that, did that uh, these two weeks off hurt him? Cause he didn't play. He did not play in the Fortnite championship. So it's, it's been a, it's been a month, almost a month since we've seen him. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm probably not. I mean, look, if I'm there with Harris at 50, I think Harris is the better player um, as far as ceiling. I mean, why wouldn't I be there with Straka? Right. I mean, 
he's got, he's, he's like, to your point, you make very good points. He's the second highest rated player uh, in this field. So Which is a flawed, you know, statement, but when you want to back a guy, I'll, I'll use it to defend my, my case in a, in a weak field. <laughs> well, I'm certainly, I, I'm, I'm certainly going to take Straka over Dean Burmester at 50 or Adam Hadwin, another Georgia kid. I'm, I'm going to take him over Woodland and Smalley at 60. Justin Suds getting a lot of respect at 65. Yeah. And we know he's got a ceiling. I, I worry a little bit about Justin's length off the tee. Um, as he starts getting into these PGA tour courses, I do like him though. I mean, he's got, he's a, he's a, he's a talented player. There's no question. Brendan. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you start looking at these other names. I mean, Straka feels like the guy, if I'm going to play in the 50, 60 range, if I, you know, I think the guy that scares the shit out of me as we get to eighties, Luke list. I mean, if that putter wakes up T to green, show me a better player than Luke list. <laughs> No, I like that. And you on it actually in sort of comparing Straka, you mentioned a few other guys who I like, or I could say I have my attention this week. So what are your thoughts on Woodland? You know, a veteran who I, I don't know, I think he's healthy again and a healthy Gary Woodland should fare pretty well at a course like this, Travis. And the Bermuda grass always seems to be a place where he's enjoyed. Uh I just, you know, here's my thing with Woodland, and it always has been, you know, and this is where I'm probably a little too close to the situation. I, I think Woodland's a tinker with his uh, game. Yeah. And I just, and, and I, and I feel like Woodland is always tinkering this and that, and this and that, and but, 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 you know, and it's like, just go, you know, like, dude, like you won the US, so like, you know, it can't be that far off. Right. I mean, I don't know. It just always feels like to me, and I think his ball striking shows it like his approach game as of late. I mean, he hit it better at Fortnite. His short game and putting was terrible. I don't know. I just feel like he's always tinkering. And right now, in my opinion, is just kind of out there, you know, like he's not the same Gary Woodland that was winning a major championship. He's, he's just, he's, he's a, he's far removed from that. So I, I kind of, I kind of push back on Woodland. I'm certainly not playing him to win. And, and I, I doubt I'm even going to play him in the top 20. Another guy you mentioned there who I have bet at an 80 to one, I know those have come down a bit, is uh, Alex Smalley. Um, who I, I don't like. know. He's uh, another easy, solid all around game with a few um, real serious eye catching performances. I could see myself investing quite a bit in him in the swing season, to be perfectly honest, as long as he keeps teeing it up. Uh, the birdie rates for a guy like him, I don't mind as well. Yeah, I like Smalley. He's one of the he's one of my um, guys that I'll kind of default to at times. You know, as I, I need a, I want to go with a a young guy, a little unproven. Maybe this is the week. You know, kind of thing. I've hit some top twenties certainly on him. I think it was at the Wyndham, and there was a couple others. Uh, and you know, he he's got a feel like this is a pretty good opportunity for him right this week. Like there's a chance to win this week. So I think with Smalley, you said you got him at 80. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, my eyes, as I look through these sixties and seventies and eighties, you know, I, I, I kind of just get trapped with Luke List's ability to strike a golf ball. And I know the putter can be a wreck um, but then all of a sudden, you know, look, if, if the way he hits it, if he goes plus two plus one, that's good enough to win. Um, 
at a place like this. We've seen it. Sam Burns lost putting. So I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm trapped always with, with Luke List's ability to hit a golf ball. Hubbard at 80, Russell Knox. I don't know if you saw Russell was my first in-studio guest uh, last week and got to spend some time with them. It was a really good conversation. And Russell, you know, with Russell, it's always with the putter too, right? He feel, he, he, he can get there. The putter is what, like so many of these guys, is what either holds him back or propels him forward. And I think you might see a little modified broomstick this week from Russell. <laughs> um, he was showing me this little mini broomstick style and he loves it. Like he says, he says, um, he goes, I, you know, for him, it's like hitting the line consistently. He's like, it's unbelievable. And sometimes Jeff, sometimes when you make that change for the first time, you know how it is. Like all of a sudden yeah. you just start making everything and then like it wears itself out. Right. Um, so the placebo effect, it's real. And I don't know. I'm not going to play him. I'm just trying to make a, a case for my friend, Russell Knox. Hey, I enjoyed your conversation um, with Russell. I believe you posted that, that last week. He's very insightful. I enjoyed hearing him mention that. Yeah. How much he's thought about all the permutations of um, live and a lot of things that people have said. I, I enjoyed that that uh, interview. Well, it's interesting. Thank you. It's interesting that mid tier player, right? Like Russell, you know, as we just kind of get sidetracked here for a second on the schedule, but, but Russell is that mid tier player sits on the pack pro on the pack committee. And, you know, he's got to look at it for himself. Right. And then also from a PGA tour standpoint, and it was just interesting to hear how all of this has transpired and his thoughts on the schedule and like, you know, the fall schedule for a player like Russell Knox for a player like Luke Liss, for a player like Gary Woodland, um, for a player like Sahith, the guy like this, these are important tournaments for them, right? To get points and money because a lot of the big names are not going to be there, but is the, is, is the fall series the right direction in the end for the PGA tour or is it getting too watered down? My feel, and I told him it's, it's too watered down. I feel like it's too watered down, but for him, he feels like these are important. So it's an interesting debate. And at the end of the day, Jay Monahan, he's got a tough job ahead of him to, to make all of this whole um, for all of these members. And it's a big, you know, Robbie Shelton out there at 80, Kevin Strillman. Stop me if there's a name that you like. Patrick Rogers, 80, Nick Taylor, Justin Lauer. I think it's an interesting name playing yeah. good golf at 80. Very good golf. Yeah, I think that's a top 20 for me. Um, and Ben Ons played well here. Back out there. He's played well here. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he finished third, didn't he? he I mean, I think Ben On finished third at uh, Sanderson. Playing well, it's good to it's good to see. It's just not a bet. I'm sort of, uh, like, this range is kind of dead to me. There are some bombs that I am potentially staring at, but I've got, I got nothing in this sort of, like, in front of 100. Take me right. to a bomb. Uh, Hayden Buckley. Okay. Uh, you sort of mentioned um, he f fourth in the event last year, gaining 5.8 strokes T to green. Uh, he ranks fourth in strokes gained off the T. Uh, and that's something that seems to be a huge uh, barometer of success here when looking at that champ Munoz 
um burns um recent winners um yeah sort of the 130 to one and then to go super bomb which kind of seems crazy as i mentioned earlier no one's won anything north of 60 on 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 tour um for all the love of our Sue's and Ty, Ty Montgomery's Vincent Norman, Travis at 200 to one finished 36 at the, um, at the Fortnite. He gained four and a half strokes off the tee there. Uh, so yeah, like, how do you put this? There are certain guys that might not be five times are six, seven times less likely to win than your Taylor Montgomery's. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And Montgomery is being squeezed bigly in that 30 to one range. You mentioned Justin Sue, who I don't mind. And I could, wouldn't shock me at all in that 60 to one range. But there are a lot of guys who, a lot of people who pay real close attention to the corn Ferry think some of these guys that you're getting in the hundreds have many of the same, well, well, I would say different skill sets, but have many of the same qualities that would lead you to believe that they are, are not six, seven times less likely to have a great week this week. than some of the guys that are getting all the hype. Mm-hmm. Haymaker coffee company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee, to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee, only roast, top quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. Well, I mean, there, here comes another name. For, Will Gordon is a name now coming back for the second time on tour from the Corn Ferry Tour, um, who seems to be playing better golf, um, coming back out for his second time. He's at 100, and he's at 100 to 1 right now. Um, Cease, you know, we're starting to, I mean, look, Norlander's played well here, 130. You want to, you want a bomb that's played well here. Pretty sure Norlander's got a couple top tens, if I'm not mistaken. Norland, I mean that guy <laughs> runs so hot. I, when he has it, it's like unconscious. <laughs> Although, sort of in a Svensson-like way, you can't turn around when it's a three footer for par. You still right. gotta watch and make sure to to uh, track that that ball went in the hole or it can root well. How is Joel yeah. Naiman 200 to one? That seems large. Um, How is that possible? Yeah, I'll be honest, Travis. I get, and I'm not even saying this might be the right strategy or or the winning strategy, but when I get into these sorts of events, I find myself so much more likely, like 97 out of 100 times, I am so much more likely to bet the ceiling of an unknown of say a Will Gordon of a Robbie Sheldon of a Nick Hardy of um, than I am like a Kevin Streelman for the exact same price. Like I know what that guy can do, but there's an unknown to me of like Hayden Buckley still right. Of Davis Thompson. Right. Um, that I'm willing to invest in far more than say 
I don't know why I'm picking on Streelman because he's the veteran that is uh, a Chez Reeve even, but, but, you know, Ryan Armour's had success here. So I don't want to pick on those players and then someone can make fun of me on Sunday. Um, but yeah, I'm just so much more likely to invest in the unknown of a guy, a young player with promise and a ceiling than the known of, of a Streelman of a Reeve if that makes any sense. Yeah. And, and I think to your point, Smalley fits that mold, especially from T to green. Right. I mean, I think that's a guy that when you're starting to stretch into some names here, like Smalley to me is always like, it's the same theory of Luke list, like T to green. I'm okay. I need that. I need that in a big way here. And, and Smalley's impressive right now. Can he, you know, can he <laughs> make some putts that, you know, that's what it comes down to, right? Like John Huh's interesting to me from that standpoint. Uh, I think John finished, he had a second there at the end, didn't play well at Fortnite, but Tita Green in this field, he's, you know, he's impressive. You know, as you start looking for some names, as you're listening to the end of the podcast that you want to kind of hold on to, um, as you start looking into some of these, these bigger odds, I would even throw like a, a Ben Griffin in there, Tita Green. I think he's a pretty good putter as well. What's Griffin's odds? Right now, do you know? Do you have it right there, Ben Griffin? I'm not gonna lie, my, my, look my uh, odds just jumped, just went to haywire here. I would have um, probably looked right through that name. Um, I think that's, Hold on, yeah. I'm real deep now. Jeez, uh, Ben Griffin. Yeah, I'm seeing as low as two fifty and as high as three fifty. Yeah. Travis. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he struck, you know, Ben struggled um, at the end a little bit of, uh, in web.com had, had a number of missed cuts goes forth at the Wyndham missed the cut at the Fortnite. You know, if I'm stretching to a top 20 with a T to green kind of player, like, you know, into these bigger, I don't think I'll play him to win, but that's a, that's a guy top 40 that maybe I, I could see making the cut here from a tee to green standpoint. So, I mean, it gets, it gets scrappy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sort of just going back down here. <laughs> yeah. And to go back down the card, I think you could make a, a really nice little betting card of great tee to green players in that 40 yep. to 60 yeah. to one range, like just bet on the straight ball strikers, even if that includes maybe landing on a, a Keegan Bradley, that's not, you know, for me, um, but you know, your Keegan's, your Brendan Steele's, they feel very live um, here based on field strength and based on their ability to just uh, attack these pins. And as I mentioned a handful of times already, uh, that you can, in a field with th- that lacks the field strength that this does, you can sort of, I don't want to say blindly hope that you, the, the past winners and their lack of putting, like it can make you more uh, believable to like hit that double click your Brendan Steele's, double click your, uh, your your Keegan Bradleys, those types of of players or Grio that we mentioned. That is, I'm not betting any of those players. I've discussed the ones I am betting. Yep. You know, Detry brings that T to green game for me. Um, but I, I would just try to fill a betting card of just T to green disciples and hope you catch that Munoz Cam Champ putting week here yep that's kind of that's really my approach is is you probably have 
gathered um, that I'm taking this week. And, you know, I think if it, it probably my, <clears throat> the guy that I, I'm impressed with um, that I'll probably be my longest shot will be Nick Hardy at a hundred. I think Hardy played well here last year. Um, kind of working through a little bit of a slump here. Maybe some of this time off has helped him and get back to, to hitting the ball. Like we've been used to from him um, in the summer, we had a really nice run and was kind of flashing up there on the first two pages. So kind of come back to Hardy on that little bit of a Homer there. So, all right, there's some names. It's tough. Like you said, especially with the stat that there's just no winners past 60 to one. I mean, it's just, it's kind of, um, it feels pointless, you know, when you start getting down in there, but you start kind of, you know, looking at what your model might be and what's important to you this week for me, T to green and all right, let's roll the dice on some putting. Um, you know, those are some, some guys that kind of fit that profile that just might, might pop this week. Let me ask you this before we get off. Are you, um, I make the statement that the PGA tour gets too watered down. You agree with that with, uh, with these fields? I mean, what we saw in July, um, you know, that it just gets like, I, you know, look, I like talking golf. It gives us something to talk about. I get it. But in the grand scheme, taking a step back is, is a little too watered down and we need to kind of look PGA tour should be these 20 elevated events. What do you think? Yeah, so I go back and forth. I mean, content is king and it's still content. And yeah. it's like if I'm the PGA Tour, Travis, you know, which one of these spots? I'm going to tell 3M, I don't want to be in bed with you anymore. I'm going to tell John Deere, I don't want to be in bed with you anymore. I mean, look at these companies, the preeminent companies, corporations in America and around the world want to do business with the PGA Tour. And now that they have these relationships, also contractually, like, which ones do they want to, you know, get rid of? Unless someone can tell me, like, does John Deere call the PGA Tour and say, like, stop giving us these bad fields we want out? Like, I'm assuming that's not happening. Uh, maybe I'm naive to think that the sponsors are happy, but the, the PGA Tour is in a real tough spot. Yeah, um, It is certainly watered down. I don't deny that one bit. But the other part of it is, Travis, that the PGA Tour and golf in general has probably the most loyal television audience in the world. And by that, I mean, well, people like the 55 and older person is probably the most loyal consumer on earth. Their, their, their schedule is set. They're hard yeah. and fast in their ways. Their routines are their routines. They're recording the, they're recording the tournament. And I don't even know if they're recording it per se. Oh, no, they are. <laughs> but I think year to year, you see, like, the, the numbers are the same people that yeah. are going to watch John Deere last year, going to watch it next year. Like, like, the same people that make fun of John Deere last year, going to make fun of it again next year. Like, I, I don't know. I Golf is a worldwide game, and there's more players than the guys who are the top 60. And I get totally that, like, the top stars aren't paid enough in any sport, in any sport, truly. Like, the, the superstars in your NFL, in your NBA, in the NHL, all don't make enough, and the middle-tier guys make too much. Yeah. Like, that I am 100%. Like, the fact that a Sidney Crosby makes, like, $13 million, 
12 million, but the middle guys are making like six, seven. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. Yep. And I, I hockey probably doesn't ring to many and I'm not even the biggest hockey fan, but the middle tier gets way too much of the pot. No one is coming to watch the middle tier. The middle tier are the luckiest people in all of these sports. Yep. In all of these sports. And Phil Mickelson was right. He wasn't compensated or didn't get enough for his likeness. But Phil Mickelson's the total outlier. Like, you trying to say Phil's right and I'm Taylor Gooch. Like, no one else is Phil Mickelson other than Tiger and, like, three other people. So just because Phil thinks he got ripped off, like, your shit is still worthless, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. I don't even know if I answered your question, but no, I think you did. I, I think there's thing, and if yeah. CBS wants to put on a tournament, and some a company like 3M wants to sponsor it, how can the PGA Tour walk away from that? Right. Well, but the consumer, the question is, is that the consumer that you're speaking to has to be replaced, right? If you're going to continue to grow, and how do you? do that and what does the next consumer want to like my age and younger what do they want to consume in the way of professional golf right and i think that's that's going to be the the question of the tour probably the tour probably knows that answer better than we do but i do think and i'm look if you if you listen to me and you know my stance on pga tour and live but i do think one of the one of the strengths that LIV has is when you turn on an LIV event, you know, who's playing. And I think that has value. I think that has value and they can lead with their stars and they can, they can, they can do all of that. And I, and the people underneath that will benefit from that as well. Now with that said, look, I don't make no mistake. I like the stories of the Will Gordon's, the Alex Smalley's I'm, I'm with you corn fairy too. I'm, I'm a nut. I'm there. And there's a way to tell that story. There's a way to have that tour. There's a way to do those things. And I think there'd be sponsors signing up for those. Um, but the PGA tour needs to be these guys. And when you turn it on, I, w- I want those guys, I want those guys competing against each other, the best places in the world, all the history, legacy, and off you go with, with, uh, you know, obviously, and it's not 60 guys. It's, it can, it can be 125 guys. The other caveat to that is, you know, there is a cut. Uh, so I'm not to turn this into a live thing, but when you get to Sunday on the PGA tour, it doesn't matter if John Rahm and Rory showed up that week, they might not be contending. Yeah. So it's not like I'm guaranteed to sit down and no. see them now. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to see them on TV. And that's why, you know, fantasy guy freaks out. Why am I watching John Rahm in 50th place when the guy in third place who's in my lineup isn't on TV? No one cares, man. Yeah. Like, but, but, uh, you know, I don't, Travis, uh, to me, the most polarizing moment of the entire year was it within like a 10 day period. Henrik Stenson takes, gives the middle finger to the Ryder Cup, which is his total right to do, and goes to live, takes the money, wins a live event, which is great for him and his family. And the only people that I think gave a shit are the people that are going to inherit Henrik Stenson's money. But a week later, Tom Kim, 19 years old, creates this magical moment. And you just can't buy the magic. Like Henrik Stenson winning on live 
days after giving the Ryder Cup the middle finger should have yep. been a way bigger story. Yeah. But it was just a fart in the wind. Mm-hmm. Like, cause no one cared other than the people who are going to inherit Henrik Stenson's money. Right. But the week later to us golf fans like that, Tom and to what's happened since then with even the president's cup, you know, know, now Tom Kim feels even bigger, but there's just a magic in some of these unknowns that I think the golf fan appreciates um, to a certain extent, but you are not wrong. You cannot, there's a value to knowing that I can sit down and see these players. And a lot of people don't even sit down to watch golf until the weekend anyway. So I don't know how the PGA tour can overcome that while keeping what's important, you know, to golf, which is the ability to create. Yeah. These sorts of, you know, new stars and, and things out of, out of nowhere. Um, but also Tony Fino in some way, same, yeah. same track. But I would also say Travis, like the 55 and older viewer is way more valuable than Greg Norman thinking he can attract the guys that found golf in different ways, like top golf. Like I get millions of people are finding golf in new ways, which is amazing and incredible. Mm-hmm. But just because I go to Top Golf on a couple's date with my wife and my friend and his wife doesn't mean I'm going to care about watching golf. That would be like the people who run bowling think just because me and my wife go on a couple's date to the lanes, we're going to like want to watch bowling on TV. It doesn't work like that. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It really is. Um, boy, you know, this, what is this going to look like in, in another year's time? I'm excited about the elevated events. Um, and, and look, I'm excited about the corn Ferry tour. I'm, I follow that these next players coming up, you know, how can they, how can they can, how can there, there's going to be, look, there's going to be some split. There's no question. It's coming. It's just, what is that going to look like? How is it going to be branded? Um, and how are they going to tell that story over a period of time and keep, the interest and um, let's say satisfaction of their sponsors. So my goodness, Jay Monahan, best of luck uh, to you and your team. Sanderson Farms, some good picks there. I feel, I feel, uh, I, I feel I, there's a 60 above is coming. It's coming. There, there's, there's a bomber. There's a bomber coming in the next, I'm going to say two to three weeks. We got Sanderson, then we're in Vegas and then they're off to Japan. So, um, there's a bomber coming. We will see. You're, you, yeah, it's got to come. And this week does feel like it's ripe. It's ripe for it. I'm sure I'll miss it. But, hey, the great thing about golf and bets and football season is that on Sunday, Travis, my L's in golf just they fall into, like, the bigger ledger of the football money I lost. It's all just, like, <laughs> one big cons- – yeah, it's just one big thing. Like, it doesn't feel different. So it all just gets piled together. Jeff Feinberg at G Feinberg 17 on Twitter. Thanks buddy. Appreciate it. All the best. Anytime Travis.